Before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby GA Star. Declan Kirby GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Easons and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below and let's get straight into it welcome back to ga fan tv my name is aaron i'm delighted to be joined by the lads here from the saffron voice podcast here to preview this weekend's football action in uh i suppose the opening weekend of the Allianz national football league i suppose first of all lads how is uh getting on i suppose inter-county football is is finally back yeah it's good to see so it is um really looking forward to it here so we are um i think i suppose it's different than last year you know whenever uh, split up north and south, so it's good to see that uh, all the counties are getting the seven games. You know, yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm, I suppose, obviously, you're two Antrim men, so we'll definitely get on to uh, to Antrim a little bit later. But I suppose looking at Dublin and Armagh, first of all, um, like a, I suppose a huge game for for both counties, really. Like obviously, Dublin looking to to bounce back from that defeat to Mayo last year, and obviously Armagh, like it's the first time they're playing in Crow Park since. 2017 so i suppose a huge game i think it is a huge game especially for desi i think um i think he's under a bit of pressure this year on uh, but i suppose i think kieran mcginney's under a bit of pressure too because he hasn't really beaten anybody of significance in a big match yet so i would fancy maybe armada maybe beat them if they don't get stage fight like which i said on our own podcast so they have a lot of, mm. they have the forwards to hurt dublin and i wasn't really impressed with dublin last in the Burn Cup, I know it's the Burn Cup, like, but what do you think? Yeah, it's totally a massive game, you know. Um, as Ryan said, there it's going to be a case whether or not do you get a bit of stage fights the first time and playing Dublin and Crook Park since 2010 or something, maybe maybe even recent than that. So, I think it's going to be a big test for our mom, our mom, and the step up, um, especially on the lights as well, you know. So, Certainly, they could maybe play their case a bit too much, especially for the first league game. So, uh, I think it's going to be a massive game for both teams, really. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. Like uh, the last time these two teams actually played each other was twenty twelve. Dublin yeah. won that game by sixteen points. I remember Jerry McConnelly scored a, a hat trick. I think that day. So, yeah. like I suppose for Armagh, like their their last win over the Dubs came in like in two thousand nine Division two class Division two clash when they won by nine points. So. I'd imagine, like for for Armagh, like a lot of pressure there, maybe to to start fast, and like for Dublin as well. Like I think they played Kerry and, and Mayo after this, so yeah. if Dublin were to slip up against Armagh, like there'd be mm-hmm. there'd be a lot of pressure on the Dubs then going into the, the, the next two games. Uh, who are who else have they got to bring into that squad? That I don't think they've many players to bring in from last week. Maybe Scully, mm-hmm. the Baskells, Evan Comerford, Dean yeah, Rock, Con- Con- as well. Alan, I don't yeah. think there's many. Yeah, I think Conor Callahan still has to come in and a few, yeah. few other players as well. Like, but it will be interesting. Like, I think they might rotate quite a bit as well. Maybe yeah. throughout the, the league and and maybe try like a few a few different things out. What would you just be going for anyway? You're going for an Armagh victory. Uh, I don't know. I could see Armagh maybe starting fast, but maybe Dublin shooting into the hill in the second half. Maybe clawing it back. I wouldn't really a draw, but oh sure, I'll stick with Armagh. Nah, I I think Dublin win this game, especially being in Croke Park. You know they're too they're too experienced in that field of play, and I think Dublin will probably get the better of them. 
Uh, going into the dark stages of that game, so I'm going for a Dublin win. Yeah, I'd probably go for a Dublin win as well. Like I just, I just have a feeling they might just grind out the victory, maybe by a couple yeah. of points. They might just use their their experience, I suppose. Because I think that, like as I said, that like the next two games, Kerry and, and Mayo, and then they go away to mm-hmm. Toronto then two weeks after yeah, exactly. that. So there'd be uh, there'd be a lot of pressure. So I reckon they they might just find a way to to win the game. But like what you said, if Armagh don't have stage fright, like they might be able to cause a, a surprise or two i suppose moving on to mayo and donegal i mean this is a this is a real humdinger really because um like like looking through the, the most re- recent meetings between these teams like a couple of draws in there a couple of mayo wins donegal haven't beaten mayo since 2016 so huge game for for both counties i think it's a bigger game for donegal i think Declan Bonner's under a wee bit of pressure at the minute Arn and uh I seen your podcast with Matthew, and Matthew said that Donegal's going backwards under him. So I seen the Mayo team was released today, and I seen mm. Conor O'Shea's back in the fold. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see he, how he gets on at midfield. Surely Michael Murphy has to start in this game. Like Donegal, I don't think, can afford to get off to a bad start because a lot of people are tipping them for relegation. So it'd be very, very interesting to see. That game's on live on Sunday, so it'd be given a watch. Yeah, um, Donegal were impressive now in the McKenna Cup. Um, certainly they beat um, down and they went, well, Hunter went toe to toe with them in the second game and then uh, they beat Derry, which was probably their better performance. And then in the McKenna Cup final, um, they caught it back in the second half. They weren't very too good, they weren't too good in the first half. But uh, as Ryan says, there it's going to be a bigger game for Donegal. And I think this game's in Margovich Park uh, because Castle Bar is under. Uh, refurbishment at the minute so uh, it's going to be interesting to see because um, a neutral venue could maybe go both ways so mm. I don't know but um, I've seen Mayo's team today and it looks pretty uh, pretty, sure. pretty decent like so be interesting to see how Donegal react to that and if Murphy does start then um, then it could be a very very big game Yeah it is interesting right because I've seen Aidan O'Shea is on the bench and no mm-hmm. Killian O'Connor, no Oshin Mullen. So like it'd be interesting to see how Mayo approach the league. Like definitely a lot of younger players in there. And we've seen James Horn through the years as well. Like he does tend to rotate quite a bit throughout the National League. He had Norman centre half forward that stood out for me. Mm-hmm. He's done well for Knockmore in the club championship. So I'd like to see how he gets on. But I think what James Horn's trying to do at the moment is I think he is trying to Trying to get maybe 25 boys that could maybe fill in for the first 15 because that's what Mayo need. Like, they need forwards as well, especially after Andy Moore return. So, yeah, just uh, Conor O'Shea doing midfield sort of stuck out for me. Like, I, I don't, I wouldn't say he's top class, like, but um, yeah, we'll see. I think Mayo probably will edge this game on Sunday. So, yeah, I'm mm. for a Mayo one as well. Um, I think Donegal are maybe sort of. Depend too much on McBeardy and Murphy, like so. Um, and if you know the full byline of Mayo, Cody Gohora, seeing who's playing, he's a very, very good, uh, probably one of the best uh, defenders in the championship last year. Um, so, um, if he can wrap up Murphy, then I think Mayo aids this game. Yeah, like, do you think there's an over reliance on, on Michael Murphy from oh, Donegal at times, yeah. or you think so? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially in that McKenna Cup final, they came on in the second half and he scored six points. Like, you know, he did end up getting back into that game, but 
it's too much. It was too much for him to do in the second half. But Murphy, Murphy did, definitely did turn that game on his head. Like so, he's a spiritual leader for them. Like, hmm. Yeah, no, he's like he's top class, and even seeing in the Tyrone game last year as well, like when he obviously goes off with the yeah. with the sending off after he, he misses the penalty. Like I know they they were a man short, and being a man short against Tyrone, you know, regardless of who it is, it's always going to be tough. But you're seeing really like the wheels really did fall mm. off like as soon as uh, as soon as he was sent off. I remember watching him in Crow Park in the Division Two League final against Mead, like, and you could hear his voice above thirty thousand, like telling them to keep possession and all this here he's like a manager in the field like he's, I don't know what they're going to do when he does eventually retire like I know he's 32 so they'll need to find an arm Michael Murphy somewhere up there in the hills of Donegal so yeah 100% yeah so he's about going for a Mayo victory anyways yeah yeah, yeah no same here I, I think they'll they'll find a way maybe by a point or two I suppose Kildare versus Kerry like this is a game where like usually there wouldn't be too much maybe like rivalry wise or anything like that between these two counties. Like they haven't really played each other that much in, in recent years. Like Kerry have won the last four um, games between the two, like uh, going back as far as, as 2013 when Kildare beat Kerry in the league. But like you obviously have Jack O'Connor going back against his, uh, his former club. And after he was flirting with the job really before it even became available. So I mean, this is, uh, I suppose, there's a bit of ad- added extra spice to this game. Yeah. Um, I think Kildare, Kildare will definitely be fired up for this. And I think Kildare always have a good midfield. I think Kevin Philly's a very good player. And players like Jimmy Highland and the boys who got there, and they're trying to make a new bridge of Fortress. But uh, I think Kerry will probably play their strongest team. I don't know where you've seen this, on, but their McGrath Cup teams like it's like they're treating even that like the All-Ireland final at the moment I think yeah. Jack O'Connor's trying to maybe scare the like of Dublin and say I'm here now so uh, I think uh, Kerry probably buried their first team and could make handy work with Hill there in some way yeah that's right I said there Jack O'Connor's first game back for Kildare or against Kildare such and I think Newbridge is definitely a hard place to go to like and um Kildare will probably make a game of it and they will be fired up for it and um, be interesting to see because Kildare were okay in the, in the Melbourne Cup um, and Kerry as you said just steamrolled every team that, every team they played so um, yeah I can see Kerry maybe playing with them and maybe in the second half if uh, you know if they get on top of them in the first half I think they'll probably run rings with them in the second half I think Kerry will think Kerry will dominate this game. Yeah, it, it is an interesting one, all right, with, with Kerry. Like what you were saying there, Ryan, like in terms of Kerry going as, as strong as they possibly could throughout yeah. the McGrath Cup, like you've seen even, I think Tony Brosnan was playing a, an earlier game in the Sigerson Cup and then came yeah, on. Off, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy, really. Like they are, like David Clifford was playing a lot of games. Like, I mean, he, like yeah. he really is, I suppose, trying to, get his mark off like I suppose straight away compared with a lot of other counties you usually kind of rotate quite a bit yeah and and in terms as well of uh, like of this game who, who would you be fancying then do you think Kildare oh, okay. can pull off the upset or, or what do you reckon I don't think so I think Fire and Brimstone will only get you so far in a game like this I just think Kerry will, the Cliffords and not know too much quality like so I go for Kerry yeah I go for mm. convincing Kerry one I think yeah, I think so as well. I think I think Kerry should have a, enough there anyways. Like it'll probably be 
be hard enough for Kildare, I reckon, to get any points really in this division. What do you think? Yeah. Well, they could maybe beat Armagh, maybe Donegal, but maybe Monaghan. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be hard enough. I know they have a good backroom team and a good manager in Glenn Ryan, but yeah, I think it could be tough enough for Kildare in Division 1 this year. Yeah, moving on to Tyrone and Monaghan then, I mean, these are two teams, I suppose, that are familiar enough with each other throughout the years, like they've played each other five times, uh, going back as, as far as 2018, like going, going as far back as the Super 8s, that, I suppose, memorable win for Tyrone, like Monaghan just have one win in, in those five games, that was in the National League in, in 2020, so two teams very familiar with each other, I suppose. Yeah, um, I suppose the big thing for me is what what sort of team Tyrone put out, you know, they've only back from holiday and like even if they do put out a full team or like what what sort of shape are these boys gonna be in? Like there's gonna be no training under their belt. And, uh I know Tyrone they would have celebrated that all iron hard, so I don't know. I think Monaghan could maybe nick this on Sunday. So Monaghan have three then four games in the Mechanic Cup, Cup, Tyrone mm. boys are just filtering back now, so very very tough to get up to the fitness and yeah i as ryan says there, there's a lot of boys coming back from holiday there for throwing but i don't think that would maybe handle them too much and i know there's two brilliant managers with uh, brian Duhr and fergal Rowan. like they'll be wanting to get straight back onto the wheel again they'll be wanting to uh hit this league hard i think they'll want to probably maybe try and get uh into league finals such um but again monaghan were very impressive in the mckenna cup you know they end up winning it and they end up so um, you know, you, you boys there. I was very impressed with your boy, uh, Michal Bonigan. Michal Bonigan, who was very good in the in the, late, in the mechanical final. I was very impressed with him, so I was. And, um, I this is going to be a tough game, I think. You know, Healy Park may have the ace for throwing, but I think this will be a very, very good game to watch. Mm. Yeah, I'd imagine there'll be plenty of fighting and. Messing around as always between these two. Like I remember the game last year, and I think you had two or three red cards or whatever. So where he pulled Conor McManus down as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'd imagine there'll be, uh, I suppose, plenty of messing around in this game. Yeah, one hundred percent. What he's going for, I suppose, in in that aspect. Like I, I, I've Uh, gone for a draw personally because I I don't know. I can't really. Yeah, Monaghan. Yeah. No, I'm going. I'm going to say Toronto. I think Toronto have too much gale over them. I think they'll have too much. uh, I think I'll do the homework on and I think Tyrone will want to start off this campaign and we'll go for I think I'll go for I think I'll go for Tyrone one. Hmm. Can you read too much into preseason even? Because I know like obviously half their team were away in in Miami, like and we don't really know. Like a lot of them players might have been training, but maybe they just weren't risked for a match like because of obviously maybe picking up injuries or whatever. So I mean, could they start the league slow and maybe pick up further on down the line? I think or what they'll do you think? start the league slow to be honest, Darn, I think. Hmm. We even seen, I know they were hurt by that Kerry game in Killarney, like, but I think Duhur and Logan are maybe the opposite of Mickey Hart. Mickey Hart would go all the way to win it, even a McKenna Cup, like, so, mm. you know, I think, I think Toronto will just be happy enough with safety and they'll be, like, you see they're running Ulster, like, for, for Mona Derry, Monaghan, that's before you even get an Ulster final, like, mm. so I think they'll be in, they'll be in April time, May time for this Ulster Championship. I think they'll just be happy enough to get three or four wins under the belt and keep boys shot because I know there's a lot of boys that are retiring at the minute, the fringe players. So, yeah, I think they will be happy enough just with safety, right? Mm. Are, are Toronto still, like, who would you have as all Ireland favourites then, I suppose, in, yeah, in that, that aspect? 
Derry, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Aren't they? I go for Kerry well, as well. You know, there's, they're doing a lot of good things. Oh, Kerry, they're unlucky to miss out last year. So I think Kerry, Raven, Raven, the goal oh, for this year. Raven? Mm, I thought you said Derry there for a minute. I was thinking, <laughs> I know, there is plenty of hype behind Derry, but I was oh, thinking to have them as All Ireland favourites already. I thought maybe that was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> mm. I suppose moving on to Division 2, then um, you have Galway versus Mead. I suppose, first of all, it's kind of mad, really, that. We we only have one game that's actually available on TV below oh, uh, Division One, and that's like it's kind of madness, really, that they're actually like going ahead with that. Like I know, obviously, pre-COVID, they um, like the Division Two, Three, and Four games obviously weren't uh, live streamed through GA Go, but because of COVID last year and fans couldn't get the games, like it's just absolutely mad. Like I understand a lot of fans, or I understand there's a need to get a lot of fans back into into stadiums yeah. and into games but the fact that they're not showing this game in particular Galway and Mead anywhere like it's just especially it's crazy really like, especially when there's like maybe a 200 mile round trip for people like mm. and it's after Christmas as well like you think you would have some sort of streaming service for people like mm. like if we were playing late L- L- Limerick or something in Division 3 and we were away to Limerick like we're not mm. going to make that journey like we I'd pay a fiver to watch a game in GA go like yeah. five mm. hours definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, like, well, sure, even to put it into perspective, like, say, you, you've obviously got Podrick Pierce's going up against St. Finbar's at the weekend, and you've Russ Common going up against Cork. So, you know, there's yeah. a lot of supporters. You can't be at two games at once. And even Actually, at that, I think it's a three and a half hour journey from, from Cork to Russ Common up and back, and two and a half hours from me to Galway up and back. So, like, it is kind of madness that, like, there isn't, there isn't any games being streamed. Like, it seems to be a massive miss for, like, county supporters. Like, I don't understand really the logic behind it. Yeah. I suppose just touching on the Galway Meath match, I think uh, this is a big year for Padraig Joyce. I think if they don't get a Division 2, I think they could be maybe getting the curly finger this year. So, you know, I don't think he's really done much for Galway with the talent they have. I know he's trying to maybe get away from that, uh, the Walsh defensive system, but. Um, like I said in our podcast on Monday night, if they can get Shane Walsh and Damian Comer for 90% of their games, I would expect them to finish in the top two then in Derry. So, yep. what do you think about the Galway move, Mike? Ah, this is going to be a good game. Um, yeah. You know, we were, talking to, we were talking to Matthew there and you were saying there's a big dispute in me. You know, a lot of boys aren't commit, aren't uh, happy with... Uh, the club. with the, you know, the clubs aren't even happy with uh, Andy McIntyre. So it's going to be... You know, there might be a lot of dispute there in me. Um, so I don't know how that'll fare, but um, certainly this is a game, it's certainly a game to watch. You know, to me, probably will be up there pushing for pushing for promotion, but Galway will definitely be in the top two in my eyes. So um, a game, probably a very good game to start with in Division Two. Yeah, I'm sure there will be highlights on on the Sunday game of this game, but yeah. but yeah, like what you seconds. said. 30 seconds yeah yeah or maybe they might throw the, the league table up or something maybe towards the the end or, or something like that but um yeah like what you were saying there ryan as well in terms of uh in terms of galway like they obviously looked very good pre-pandemic and they were looking like i remember they demolished tyrone and gave a lot of really good performances even against Kerry. i know they got beat but i remember they played very well that day so like there is plenty of talent in galway but for whatever reason for porrick joyce especially i suppose post-pandemic it just it really hasn't worked out at all like they've beaten just one team in the past mm. what year and a half and that's for common they beat them twice so 
lot of pressure really on on Porrick Joyce to to start fast for Galway because if they don't and they find themselves in a relegation battle with Tier Two coming in and then Mayo to play in the first round of the Connacht Championship, you know it's going to be tough for them. One hundred percent. I remember the pre-pandemic game. I don't know where you can remember this on whenever they actually demolished their own, mm. and then I don't know they just. The pandemic hit, and I don't know what happened to him after that. But um, yeah, I think this is a big year for Joyce. Like I think he's maybe getting a Norwood crack at it just because who he is. But mm. they need to beat Mayo as well. I think beating Mayo be a thing, a big thing, and getting the current title back. So yeah, yeah, percent I agree with him. Yeah, and in terms of me, then as well. Like I mean, especially for as you were touching on it there, like with Wandy McEntee and some of the problems in, in, in clubs. Like, it's really two managers, two teams probably in similar scenarios, like pressure on each of them to get promoted. I don't think it would be the end of the world if Mead weren't promoted, but there's definitely an element of pressure on them as well to stave off any relegation worries because when you're in the Leinster Championship with Dublin, there's always that worry you might get them in a, in a semi-final. So pressure on them as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. They have a lot of good players, like Jordan Morris, players like that, but... Um... I actually thought I just fancy me to maybe just finish outside the mm. promotion. Always they're always a strong team in Northern, like so yeah. I think Galway will win this much. Aye, I'll go for Galway as well. Yeah, I think I'll go I'll go with Galway as well to, to win this one by two points. You've Derry and down then a I suppose a game that was I suppose well I suppose still is a, a big rivalry between the two counties. I remember like hearing stories back in the nineties and, and seeing mm. some of those games when these two teams were competing for all Ireland's. I suppose it isn't really like that anymore. Like in the past couple of years, the last meeting between these two was was back in Division Three, and Down actually have a good record against Derry in, in recent years as well. Like I was even going back, like the last win for Derry against Down was was back in twenty fifteen. But you'd have to look at Derry here as the the overwhelming favourites. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think this is sort of a game. You look at it and you think this is actually going to be a good game, but I think that's just off muscle memory. Or I think down, down are definitely on the slide. Like I think it wasn't a lot of people aren't impressed by James McCartan coming back, and we actually watched them in uh, Park yeah. Esler in the McKenna Cup, and we were not impressed. Like on them, beat them. I know it was only two points late, but it was handy enough. Like and I suppose Conor McCrickers away to St Finbar's, like and Keon Mooney's out for this game as well, and. Uh, a lot of the Kaku boys aren't committing to down, so I think down are in a little bit of turmoil, you know. So mm. that too, and also there's a lot of hype around Derry football as well. You know, the likes of um, the Wally Graham's boys coming off the coming off the scene now. Um, definitely took Ulster by storm, really. Um, Glenn so they have and um, Rory Gallagher will be chomping at the bit to get them boys into the team, like them. I think there's. I think Dale will probably mop the floor with down as Ryan says there. You know, down are going on a, on a slip and slope like so. And I read in the Gaelic Life that the Slot Nail boys are back for this weekend mm. as well. That's right. Mm. Uh, Chris McKay, Curry McKay, and Brendan Brendan Rogers. Rogers. You know, they're big players to bring into a team. You know, um, I think um, I think Dale win this handy enough. You know, so, so especially with being on big. You know, we've seen. Um, We've seen days results in Owen Big and they've been very comfortable enough, you know. No team likes to go up to Owen Big, like no. especially up that Glen Shane Pass, you know, but intimidate anybody coming up there, you know. So um I dare dare go strong this year. I I tip Derry to win this league, you know. So they they'll finish up the group and they'll win the league. I think Derry will win this game comfortably, 
Yeah, it's, it's probably like, especially for, for Derry, it's probably the best game to have first time out because you were saying oh, there, a few of the slot eel lads, like, obviously they'll be back, but you know, whether they've trained too much with Derry in, in the past couple of weeks, probably not. So, probably is the best game to have. And their fixture list is quite handy as well because I think they've awfully and Clare in, in their next two games as well. So, like, it's probably, you know, for, for Derry, anyways, it probably is the, the best fixture possible to start off with. 100%. And you just, you just reel out the names Derry have like even I know Owen Lynch was playing for Jordanstown last night and you, even boys you wouldn't really know Owen like uh, Lachlan Murray yeah Nell mm. Toner uh, yeah he, he was with the Miners last year wasn't he, he did, Connor McCluskey like he, I think Derry's just completely stacked with quality like mm. Emma Bradley Connor Glass Benny Heron like, fall. Jesus Shane McGuigan you can even go name off list though you said you said uh, about uh, us saying about did you say Derry Derry could win now in the next five years? Yep, he could. Mm. Yeah, like they definitely could be up there, all right. Like I definitely have them getting to a, an All Ireland quarter final. Like I suppose the big thing is really like Ulster is so competitive, and if you get through the quarter finals, it depends maybe what provincial winner maybe you were to play in the quarter final. But as you said, like. I mean, even playing Tyrone, I think it is in. I think Tyrone played for Mana, and then if Tyrone come through that, I mean, they might they might overturn Tyrone even in that Ulster Championship game as well. Like, there's a lot of hype like around Derry potentially. That's that's completely mouthwatering if that does happen. I don't know mm. where that game will be at, but I think we'll maybe go to that level. Absolutely, you know, it's yeah. definitely game for the ages. So it is. Oh, the matchups will be fierce, like. Mm. Mm. So I suppose we're we're all going for. A unanimous dairy victory here anyway. I suppose it'd be comfortable enough for, for the dairy man. I'd be very convincing I'll say I'm working for division two as well. Hundred percent. And Ross Common Cork then, I mean, this is a intriguing one as well because interesting enough, like both sets of teams like actually won't have their best players available because Patrick Pierce is ironically enough for are playing St. Finbars and the same weekend. It's it's probably worked out for both counties though, because they're probably happy that they're playing each other because they're both pretty much in the same situation like if Roscommon were playing maybe a mead or, or something like that you know Roscommon would be down loads of players but at least for Roscommon they know that Corker are down a good couple of players as well so who, who would you reckon could come out on top here that's a very hard game to predict Darren mm. uh, I don't know I know Kerry or Kerry Cork's missing Ian Maguire in the middle of the field but Roscommon will end the Smith so I don't know, maybe Stephen Poacher, maybe being away now, maybe release the shackles and uh, Russ Common, but uh, it's at Hyde Park, so um, uh, I'm going to go for Russ Common at home, I think. I think Corgan, but just missing too many players. It's interesting because it's outside the Hyde Park, so it's a hard place to go to, but Corgan's, you know, still have they have quality players there. Um, so, as a very typical, you'd nearly be tempted to go for a draw there. But I go for Cork in this game. Could Cork be dark horses this year, do you think? Or potentially maybe go under the radar a bit? I mean, it's interesting with, with Keith Ricken coming in. Like, I think some people think maybe they might go on and cause a scalp or two and, and reach a, maybe an All-Ireland quarterfinal. Then on the other hand side of things, there's a lot of people who think maybe there might be a, in a relegation battle. Like, where would you uh, stand in, in regards to that? I think they'd be middle of the road on. Yeah. I think maybe they could get beat comfortably enough, big carry, and then maybe 
Isn't there a back door this year? Yeah. If you don't finish bottom of Division Two, you're not being the Tulchin Cup. So I think mm. it'll be a, it'll be an okay year for Cork. Like they just need to keep progressing, like because I remember they were in Division Three and that was embarrassing for them, like so. You have to give Keith Rickon time as well because mm. he's a very good coach. Like, took that under 20 team with everything. Everybody's seen the TG4 interview with him. Like, it's, it comes across like a real salt of the earth man. Like, so the thing about Cork is uh, things can go badly in Cork very quickly. Like, you can fall out with clubs and stuff down there. So, I hope he does get a bit of time to maybe Matthew thinks that he, <laughs> he's going to let the shackles off of this Cork team and maybe play a bit more football. Yeah. Than under mm. McCarthy, so I hope they do. I have a soft spot for Cork, like because yeah. there are Cork and Kerry, but um, we do need a strong Cork, I think, in the football championship. Yeah, it's going to be a year for transition for Cork, I think, especially with Keith Reckon in place there for this year. Um, yeah, as Ryan says, there, you know, things can go very bad for Cork, but then again, they can also go very well for Cork on the other hand, you know, so. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a year for transition, so I'm going to go for middle of the road for, oh, for, uh, for court this year, but maybe fourth or fifth. Yeah. Mm. And in terms of this game, then what you what he's going for, I have a sneaky feeling Cork might just sneak it maybe by a point, but then again, like they are missing Ian McGuire, Brian Hayes, and you know Stephen Sherlock could potentially come in there as well. So it's such a hard one to call, but what he's going for then? I'm going to go for us coming at home. I'll go court by one or two. Cork by one or two, perfect. Claire and Offaly then uh, after that. I mean, this is you know this is this could potentially be the you know probably one of the biggest games of the weekend because you have tier two obviously coming in. Um, you know whoever gets relegated really is, is you know if Claire or Offaly get relegated, they're probably going to be in the Talchin Cup. Let's be perfectly honest because it's probably unlikely that either of them make a provincial final. Although I do think Claire are on the other side of the draw, so maybe they might do that, but. Like huge game for for both of these two, probably going to be in a relegation battle. So uh, huge for both Clare and Offaly this one. Yeah, I think uh, Clare's maybe a wee bit more streetwise than Offaly. I can't wait to see how these young fellows from Offaly trans mm. transition from under twenty to like a Jack Bryan and Cormac Egan from under twenty to senior. And you know this is a massive step up. Even even the version two we were talking yeah. there on Monday night, like. Maybe getting double marked by the like of Chrissy McHagan, and Brendan Rogers and Owen Beggs a bit different from maybe marking someone eighteen year old from Dublin like who's got a university diet. So you know <laughs> and like a Ross Common team that's it Stephen Poacher over them the last couple of years, yeah. right? Yeah. They could just be I don't know, I can't wait to see. I hope they're not out of their depth. Yeah. I know Tommaso Shea's in Tommaso Shea's in with them, like but Claire always seemed to grain it out, you know, and yeah, Nearly put the mortgage on them, finishing sixth ahead awfully. But that, like you said, Aaron, this is a massive match here at the weekend. So, yeah, yeah. The thing about Clare is, you know, they always they haven't established established themselves as a Division Two team now. They've been up now maybe for maybe a couple of years now, um, and awfully have just come up. So, I think Clare can probably they always grind out a win in Ennis. You know, they're always they're very good, very strong in Ennis. So, um. As Ryan says there, it's going to be interesting to see how these young lads do for Offaly. You know, it is a big step up. Um, it's just a pity that it was under 20 last year, not under 21, because you'd rather have the under 21 go step up into the senior round under 20s, I think. So, um, <clears throat> a big step up, but again, a very, very good, very big game to call. I oh, think. It's, it's, it's not a tightrope, I think, this game. Mm. Yeah, do you think Claire are even being disrespected a little bit as well? Because I was looking at the the odds there on an odds checker, and I think Claire are favourites to finish bottom of this division, which 
as you were saying there, Ryan, like they have this knack of, of finding a way to, to stay in the division. They have a knack of like even last year, they're nearly promoted, like and they gave Mayo quite a good game in, in that playoff. So the fact that they're favourites to finish bottom of the division, like is is, is quite bizarre, I suppose, in many ways. One hundred percent. Like I wouldn't even buy against Claire maybe winning three or four games in this. Like they could yeah. beat off, like they could beat down and you know, like they could, they, could, they could even get themselves worked up for 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 court. You know they oh, always seem to do. They would do. They you know they they themselves. They always, as Matthew says, they always seem to they always seem to get the fire in the belly for the court game. So they can maybe scalp court. You know, Colin Collins is a very good manager as well. Very good. Yeah, he's he's the longest serving manager now. I think in uh, yeah. in inter county football. So, I mean, plenty of experience, and I think they're they're nearly one of the longest serving teams in Division Two as well. Like in terms of they haven't been promoted or relegated in the last five or six years. So. I mean, a mouth-watering game. And, and then, you, like what you were saying there with Offaly, I mean, a lot of young players coming through there. Jack Bryant, maybe, to come in. Like, they're, and like the thing about Offaly is they're kind of an unknown as well. You don't know what you're really going to get with them. Like, can they compete at this level? Is it too soon? Um, I suppose, and you know, we'll find out as well. And they're probably happy they're playing Claire as well because it might this might be a game that they could win. 100%. Uh, I've seen their game against Dublin, the Burn Cup. I know it's only the Burn Cup, but it looked all right, mm. awfully. So, yeah, I don't know Tom Lahef got a goal late on. Or, so, yeah, this would be a very, very tight game to call. Yeah, our game probably would have been a very a good game to watch if it was being streamed, you know. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's like a lot of Division 2 games. And as we were saying, like it is kind of mad that none of these games are, are available on GA Go or at least somewhere anyways. like, But yeah, like I, I fancy Claire to win this by three points anyways. I think maybe just the, they, they have that knack, I suppose, of, of coming through these games in, in Division 2. And I think playing the likes of Mayo and Kerry as they have in the last couple of years will probably serve them quite well. But what do you think yourselves? Do you think maybe Offaly can, can maybe cause an upset? or? Yeah, I'm going back. I'm going for Claire too. I'll go for a Claire one, maybe with two or three points as you yeah. said on. Perfect. Well, I suppose next up then Division Three, and I suppose we only have Antrim, and that's yourselves, obviously, as you can see it there with an Antrim jersey. So, I mean, uh, well, what's the what's the thinking going into this one? I mean, it's a it's always tough going to Brewster Park. Like I remember seeing Cavan go there last year, and they got turned over. So. I mean, it's one of them that maybe you look at and you think you could win, but at the same time, like on a way to Fermanagh is always tough. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we had a wee smirk in our face, like whenever we've seen the own Donnelly retired, but then we read today in the Gaelic Life that the Derek Donnelly yep. boys are going to be back with the right Larry Brian Jones and the boys they got. So I suppose it's 50 50 this game. And uh, I can't see, I can't see, and uh, Antrim haven't really played that expansively in the Mechanic Cup. So. I think it. I think it could be a turgid enough game, like I said in Northern Maybe like like a ten, ten or eleven, mm. eleven or something like that there. So, I think I said about Fromana. If you score maybe twelve or thirteen points, you'll not be far away from beating them. I know they have a lot of good players like Aidan Breen and Josh Largo Ellis, and you know big Sean Quigley in the corner. We'll have to contain him. Mm. Say Rick, Ricky Johnson will pick him up. So, I actually can't wait for this game on Saturday, but. Uh, you do want to go off to a good start for if you're an Antrim fan because if we lose this tough game against Limerick next week, you mm. maybe played two lost two and then you're starting to look at the drop zone. So yeah, what do you think of it from what No, it's it's definitely a game on a knife edge. This game, you know, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Anyway, from an Antrim perspective, you know, I've seen a lot of good things last year. Um, you know, I've seen I said the Ryan there last year. We played 
three games and won every game by a point. You know, there's a mindset now, you know, years ago we probably would have lost in games, you know, if we're coming in the latter stage of the game, maybe maybe by drawing the match you would have probably lost the game, but now we're running these games, we're sort of getting the edge over these boys and these counties, like, so. Um, and then look at last year in the Armagh game, you know, we went toe-to-toe with them for you know, 60 minutes of the game, like, and probably Armagh County was with maybe Ulster aspirations, you know, so to even go to two of them, like, it's just unreal, like, from other perspective, so, and then there's a lot of young fellas coming through, I know Paddy Cunningham was away this year, and um, uh, Mark Sweeney's away as well, Niall McKeever, he's away too, Niall Delargy as well, he's away, but a lot of boys stepping down, but then a lot of young fellas coming through, which is good to see, so, a lot of young blood and Michael McKeon's still there. He's a big, big saying that changer. So, yes, a really game I'm looking forward to myself now. I think I'm in a good place as well. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, and as you were touching on that Armagh game, I remember watching that game as well. Like, and Armagh pulled away probably at the the end, and especially when you've got probably better options maybe of players coming off the bench. But like what you said, Antrim gave that like a very good game. Like, what would you see as the realistic maybe expectation in uh, in Division Three this year? Is it because it's a weird one in Division Three? Like, there's no you have a lot of teams that are obviously who went down to Division 4 that I think people would probably expect to be in Division 3 and the quality in Division 2 is quite high and in Division 3 it's kind of a lot of the teams are very much at the same level so where like what do you, how do you reckon you can get on there? I was going to say the exact same thing Arne I think this division is so hard to predict mm-hmm. like even this weekend's games like I think any game could go any way so I think it's all about maybe getting a fast start in this division because don't want to be chasing your tail and um, maybe West Me for promotion and maybe Wicklow for relegation, but the other six like the other six could finish absolutely mm. anywhere. So I think everybody in this division sort of a similar level as well. Yeah. So Yeah, as I said, I say this all the time, you know, if you're if you're stopping yourself in division three for a year and then sort of working out where you're at then then maybe pushing for for promotion next year. I think that's probably the main goal from them this year. But again, as Ryan says, Westmead are probably the favourites to win the league and go up comfortably enough. And then Wicklow's probably the favourites to go down as well. So, and then it's again, it's a toss of the coin where everyone else finishes. Like so, it's it's you know as Ryan says as well. You know these teams are on the same very same level. You know and um, yeah, it's going to be very technical definitely. Yeah, like I'd fancy it to be low scoring enough. Like. Uh... I think for Mana maybe my edge it, just given the fact that I haven't seen what they could do in Division Three last year. But at the same time, like if you were to build up a lead early on, especially under Enda McGinley as well, like I mean, I'm sure he'll want to get one over on for Mana. So I mean, I suppose like anything could happen really. Yeah. Yeah, well, another thing I like to mention about Under is you know, they're very comfortable on the ball. You may have seen it last year against Darmal, you know, they're very comfortable on the ball when we haven't really seen that as much. So that's maybe why I'm going towards Upton for a one here. They might, you know, build up a lead and then maybe wear my Upton glasses a wee bit too much here. But, um, you know, if, if they build up a wee bit of a lead, then hold on to possession, then I think they could probably edge it by one or two. I'll go for Upton as well. I can't buy it against the boys. Though. Perfect, yeah. And, and Limerick Longford, this is another uh, interesting one as well. Like, and as you said, like, it's a hard one to call because you've got two teams kind of very much at similar levels and like I know for Limerick you've uh, Danny Neville who's opted out and uh, you know a couple of other players have, have left the panel there as well like and maybe with Limerick being at home and the Gaelic grounds they might be able to 
to get one over on Longford. But what do you think yourselves? I was saying, Arn, I don't know much about Division 3, but there's a lot of counties begin well, a lot of managers called Billy and Evan O'Carroll probably won't be passing any of his teammates. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Limerick probably will edge us. I think if this was at Pierce Park, and maybe go swing towards Longford. But uh, Ian Corbett, Ian Corbett's the heartbeat of that team. And I was saying to Matthew, maybe Billy Lee wasn't doing a good job, but he didn't take that well, so... Uh, Oh, hang on. <laughs> I'll, I think I'll have to stick with Limerick. Yeah, Limerick's probably the bet, probably, probably one of the teams that probably could push for promotion this year. Um, I certainly looked at their league campaign last year and they're very strong. We've got, I think they've got the, um, the final. Uh, they end up losing that game. So I think, I think Limerick will probably ace this game, especially with being in Limerick as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree as well. I think I think Limerick at home, like especially like they've they've a great record there, and I could see them probably just just edging it. They're another team as well that could potentially be on the on the promotion charge, and, and two more teams that probably will be on the promotion charge are, are loud and leash. Like leash are probably coming in in a bit of a they were in a bit of disarray it seemed before the Auburn Cup. I think that was what a lot of people were saying. Like the whole host of players opting out, a lot of changes, new manager coming in. They ship six goals against Wexford and then all of a sudden they go on a bit of a run. They beat Leash, they beat Kildare and they gave pretty good performance against the Dubs as well. Like, albeit it wasn't the best game to watch, but I mean, who knows what Leash and Loud, obviously Mickey Hart, you know, they're riding the crest of a wave at the minute as well. So another uh, another interesting one. Yeah, I think uh, Loud will be putting all their eggs in the Sam Morai basket and uh, Mickey Hart, but uh, I can't see Loud being a bad promotion, I think. I tip Leash to finish second just because of their Spain. They've marked Timmons. Is Graham Brody playing for them this year? No. Don't think I'm so. Having a, having a clue, to be honest. John Lo- John O'Loughlin at six, and then obviously I have no Carl at 14. Mm. You had a bit of a scuffle there with John Small, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was an interesting one because he kind of, like, he, he laid out a hand on John Small, first of all, and then Small obously came back. Like, I think the bottom should have been sent off, oh, to be perfectly honest. Either. You know? He should have. Give them both the same thing. Because mm. if John Small had a, you know, hit the ground as well, I'm sure, uh, you know. But it is one of them things, I suppose. Like, and, and obviously, I'm sure maybe if uh, if Dublin and Leash meet each other at some point in the in the Leinster Championship, that'll make for an interesting viewing. But Westmead and Wicklow, we were touching on it there. Like Westmead are the favourites, and in most people's eyes, anyway, to like get promoted and, and win Division Three, especially after some of their performances last year and. Wicklow on the other hand side of things, no Davy Burke, who's obviously stepped away last year. And it's hard with Wicklow because they're probably one of them counties like your your Leitrims and your Carlos that realistically, like there's only probably so far they can go. So yeah. I mean, it's probably nailed on here that Westmead get the victory. One hundred percent. Too many good footballers are John Heslin, Ray Canelm, Kieran Martin, mm. too many boys. And especially that big blow during the week about Shawnee Furlong retiring. Yeah, yeah I've seen that, yeah. Maybe he was smelling what the rock was cooking, so I think it's going to be very hard to see if uh, can't see any other position for Wicklow than eighth. I think. Yeah, this is a perfect game. The Westmead to start their campaign. Definitely. You know, Westmead are definitely not a Division Three team. You know, they should be middle of the table, mid Division Two team. I think Westmead are. You know, they're a very good team. So this is a game where I think they could step. You know, set out their mark in Division Three and you know, get the get the ball rolling and getting a lot of um, get a big good victories over over counties as well and then. Who knows then, you know, come the end of the season, come the end of the league. Um, come down the score difference. Come down the score difference, exactly. So, 
Mm. Yeah, no, like I completely agree. Like, and even with Wicklow, like I had them in eight, even when they had Shawnee Furlong in their team, to be perfectly honest. So the fact that he's gone as well, like it's another another huge hammer blow. 100%. You can't see them. I don't want to sound badly, but you can't really see them winning any games in Division 3 against. They just don't have the 15 arm, do they? Mm. The yeah. And I don't think Colin Kelly, I don't think he did enough when he was at Louth. I don't think that was a good appointment, but we'll see. Yeah, it was an interesting one, but it's, at the same time with Wicklow as well, like it's. It's it's hard to attract, you know, unless you're gonna go outside your county and maybe there might be a wild card like Mickey Car- or Mickey Hart or something like that, yeah. or maybe you bring someone else in. I mean, maybe an Andy Moran would have been a good shout there. Like, obviously, yeah. we'll we'll touch on Leitrim and Cavan in a minute, but maybe maybe someone like that would have been a good shout to bring in. Yeah, I think unless you throw a checkbook at it, Arn, you're you're not gonna. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, and I suppose we were speaking of Andy Moran there. We'll touch on the Division Four games. I mean. Leitrim and Cavan, this is probably like Cavan are probably the favourites. Well, they are the favourites, anyways, but Leitrim are probably one of the teams that maybe could push for Division Four. So, as far as Division Four football goes, anyway, this is probably one of the, the more interesting games. I don't know, Warren. I think the the there could go out of the Leitrim Blooms on there. I can see Cavan maybe beating them by 10 to 12 points. Uh, you think so, yeah? Yeah, I do think so. I think Cavan are mm. far too good for Leitrim. I think. If Andy Moran maybe wasn't a later, I don't think there'd be as much hype about them. So mm. I know I know they've Emma Mulligan back this year, but uh Carrick and Shannon would be a tough enough place to go like, but Calvin did you, how are Calvin in division four? <laughs> Thomas Galligan, Gerard McKernan, Podrick Faulkner, like they're just should be division two. That's my opinion, like Arn. Yeah, I think Calvin, you know, Calvin will want to go straight back up seven from seven, straight back to division three and then like maybe up again, step up a level Division 2 again. You know, they're definitely not Division 14. You know, the one in Ulster 2020, like, mm. you know, they are some brilliant footballers in Calvin. You know, sure, we've seen Thomas Galligan last uh, night. Thomas, like? Thomas Galligan ran the show for Georgetown last night against uh, mm. MTU. Like, so, yeah, Calvin definitely not a Division 4 team, so I would expect them to win this game comfortably, like, and set off their mark in Division 4. Yeah, it's it's mad with Cavan, all right, because they've won five of their their last eighteen National League games under Mickey Graham, and I think they won one or two games under in Division One as well. Like so, like the majority of their wins actually came in Division One and Division Two, um, as opposed to to Division Three, which is quite fascinating fascinating about them. And like what you said, I would fancy Cavan to, to beat Leitrim, but like it's a hard one with Leitrim because they were in Division Three a couple of years ago and you'd Rhino Rourke who was very impressive and for whatever reason wasn't really in the panel last year. So like what you said, the bubble could burst, but I don't know. Like I'm kind of I'm kind of I aboard the, the Andy Moore and train a little bit. They'd be targeting second or I think. I don't think they'll be getting mm. first. I think they'll be I think that'll be odds on the Calvin will get first. Like they have to get first. They'll yeah. be a disgrace if they don't. Yeah. Hmm. Hundred percent. So we're all we're all in Unanimous decision for Cavan then in, in that regards. Yeah. yeah right. Perfect. Carlo London then. I mean, I suppose first of all, like great to have London GEA obviously back, like their first competitive game since uh twenty twenty. Like they've obviously had to sit on the sidelines because of COVID and, and all the rest and they're back now. And I've seen as well, like for all their home games, it's gonna be completely free, which I think is a great initiative to uh, encourage supporters to come see their game. So um yeah, like it's going to be hard for them realistically, I think, to pick up any points uh, in all honesty, given the fact that they will probably 
rotate their squad quite a lot and probably a lot of the lads that were involved um two three years ago probably aren't going to be there this year but any uh, any thoughts on that yourself i think um you're probably looking at two of the bottom three here on especially with paul broderick leaving i think um I don't think I don't want to sound disrespectful, like, but this isn't a very attractive game. I think I'd be keeping my five euros in my pocket. I think the <laughs> games ahead of this would be paying for, like, so yeah. I think Carl will win this way. As as the other thing I mentioned to you is, it's nice to see them bite. You know, two years without football, you know, it's nice to see them bite in the in the league and the championship. And a great initiative, as you said, there are that they're, they're you know all their spectators will be free and. Um, in Royslip this year, so a, a very good initiative to bring back to maybe even uh, spark the GA back in London again. You know, getting a lot of boys on board and stuff like that there. You know, so but yeah, it's again you know London can struggle in this division very very handily. You know, but again they could maybe scalp Waterford at home. Um, but again, you know this is not not a attractive game at all. But <laughs> I, I do I, I know Carlo will probably end up winning this game comfortable enough. Um, yeah, I think so. I'd, I'd agree with that there. Waterford and Tipperary, I mean, you, you mentioned Waterford there, and we were speaking obviously about Cavan coming down from Division 3, Tipperary obviously going down with them to Division 3 on the same day. So, I mean, pressure on them to, to bounce back up, but at the same time, no Mickey Quinlevin, no Brian Fox, a lot of lads opting out. So, it isn't quite the same Tipperary as that team that won that Munster title two years ago. A lot of people are actually predicting Tip to actually stay in this division for a few years, and I actually think that mm. this is this is a brilliant game for them to start. But I think yeah. they will beat Waterford. But um, I think David Power. I think I think he should have maybe left after the monster win because it sort of went downhill after that. On the harness, like mm. I don't think they should be in Division Four. But maybe a lot of them boys are saying I don't fancy playing Division Four now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, brilliant sort of contemporary, but again, you know, the likes of Slago and Wexford would probably fancy themselves ahead of Tip this year, you know, especially with Wexford, you know, it took them a while to get going again, but they were going now and stuff like that. So um Waterford might fancy this game, especially with it being a flatter feeling, you know, but I think Tipperary will have the age of them. I know that Mickey Quinlan was a big factor there and stuff like that, but I think Waterford probably would especially with them getting to the division, you know, playing likes of Alderman in the final as such. They'd probably fast themselves in this match. Yeah, do you know, I have a funny feeling Waterford are going to turn them over and I know that sounds uh, like quite a crazy prediction, but I just have a sneaky feeling like I've seen Waterford beat Wexford last year and I do think they have a good one or two good players in there and I don't know, I, I just have a sneaky feeling. Tipperary always seem to have a bit of a howler in them uh, at the start of the National Football League, so... I suppose if I was to have a crazy bet of the weekend or anything like that, it would be for Waterford to turn them over. That wouldn't be a bad shit, like, but especially being a flower thing, you know, it's not a good place to go to. That's what that's probably the home advantage, I say, that's why I go for Waterford, you know. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Wexford Sligo, then, I suppose, last but not least. That's another. Is a big... uh, hmm. Yeah, it, it is definitely a, a big one, all right, because, I mean, it's two teams probably. I don't, I'm not too sure about Sligo, whether they're going to be up there fighting for promotion. It's a hard one to, to call, obviously, under Tony McEntee. Um, but obviously, if Pat Spillane Jr. coming in there, which is a huge addition. And like Wexford, I was very impressed with them against Dublin uh, in the Leinster Championship last year. And they actually beat Sligo in that, I think, Division 4 Shield game or whatever it was last year. So, I mean, should be an interesting one. And whoever wins could potentially be in a, a bit of a promotion race. 
yeah, exactly. You know, Wexford, I, I do tip Wexford to get promotion this year. You know, um, coming in a wee bit under the radar, especially with Tipperary and Calvin coming down. But again, they could be, you know, a lot of boys, a lot of people are, you know, writing off Wexford, especially with them teams coming down. But, you know, Stephen Roche, you know, Shane Roche, Shane Roche sorry, apologies. Uh, Shane Roche coming in this year uh, probably would get a kick out of this Wexford team. I know Wexford, you know, the, you know, whenever you associate yourself with Wexford, you know, you think, you got to our quarter final in 2008, you know, with my money for semi final. <laughs> but again, you know, um, I, I probably I think Wexford probably end the age this game, you know, especially at game in Wexford, you know, home finish is big game these in these kind of games, you know. So I go Wexford to, to uh, win this game, I think. I've maybe. seen their two Oborn Cup games against Leash when they beat them with 15 points and against Meath. Whenever it was actually quite tight, and I think Shane Roach is building something there. I think we've seen the first. Did you watch the Dublin Wexford game last year, or? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I thought like they it, it was a it was a weird game like because I didn't they didn't really offer much going forward, but I did think at times they were they were very well defensively set up and they really fought like they fought tooth and nail and they made life difficult for Dublin. Like I remember, Kieran Kilkenny was uh, was ran out over on the sideline like he'd nowhere to go and he just ended up running out over by the sideline and that's. You know that's a very hard thing to do. Like you're talking about one of the best players potentially in the country there. So, I mean, um, yeah. But the only thing about Wexford is they, like, every time they have a good performance or they have a great result, they do seem to have a couple of howlers in them as well. Like they lost to Waterford and Carlo last year. Um, so that there, it, it is an interesting one to. But if they can build a bit of momentum, put a string of results together, I don't see any reason why they couldn't get promoted. Yeah, that, that is the big thing with them, is consistency. Because you, you could imagine them beating Wexford and Tip, but losing the way to Waterford and the way to Carlo, like, and maybe finishing mm. the table. I think Shane Roach, that, I think uh, he'll be putting, he'll be looking at the like of Ben Brosnan and boys that got there. We've seen, we've seen with Shell Maliers, there is a lot of good footballers in Wexford, like, so I'd, I'd fancy them to get a promoter. If they can get this consistency, like which I hope they do, because... Mm. I can remember days of Wexford. Maybe you don't remember, Arn, but maybe ten years ago with Redmond Barry and Matty Ford playing, maybe mm. putting up to the dogs like yeah. sixty thousand Leinster semi-finals and finals and stuff like that. So I, I'd love to see Wexford back up there, maybe in Division Three. And, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, I remember the twenty eleven. I think Leinster final. I remember being at that game and thinking. Jesus, we were lucky to come out of that with a win. You know, I think I think that was the, it was there for Wexford, like going into the final couple of minutes. I remember they missed the a late goal opportunity. So um, yeah, no, I'm with you there in terms of it'd be great to see Wexford, you know, back up there and, and challenging. Are we all like what? What do you reckon then? A Wexford win? Do you think in, in this case? I go for Wexford win. Yeah, I think so as well. And then I suppose last but not least, I suppose to finish up, player to watch this weekend. Any players you'd be keeping an eye on maybe to. I suppose catch the uh, the eye this weekend can be an Antrim player or anyone really. You've put us on the spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the plan. <laughs> I mean, especially when I, I won't put me up and grasses on again. But a, a player to watch for my eyes is play Kevin Small. Um, he played very well in the club championship with Craigan, and he's carried that form on since. And he's a very he's a big lad in the middle of the field and he commands himself well he distributes the ball well I you know Kevin Small he's a big future ahead of him you know so I say Kevin Small I was going to say Stefan O'Cumber from Kerry I think if he starts good show, yeah. I actually can't wait to see her I can't wait to see how this fella goes on because Matthew was saying maybe put him in a full back but 
he's just a complete athlete. Aaron, have you seen him play? I seen him in the McGrath Cup, like, and it's, I know that photo of him up and catching the throw in, like it's. Mm. I'd love to see him get a run out, maybe at midfield against Kildare, because Kildare are strong, right, around the middle of the field, like I said. So, yeah, I'd like to see him. I can't wait to see him. I know there was a lot of hype about Connor Glass coming back, and now mm. he's back. So, yeah, I'd like to see how he. Hopefully, he's in the starting team on Sunday. Mm. Yeah, like hundred percent. I think I watched them alright for St Brendan's. I remember when he went up against. Uh, Austin Stacks, like, and yeah, very versatile player, it seems like you could put him in midfield, but you could probably put him in defense as well. Like, so I mean, he might be the missing link maybe for, for Kerry in that midfield because I do think midfield has kind of been a, a bit of an issue the last couple of years. Like, David Moran's obviously been holding the fort in, in that position, but he is, you know, he, he's been around quite a while, and I'm sure they will be looking at maybe some other players to, to break in there. So maybe he might be the, the missing link. 100%. What about yourself, Farm? Any players you'll be looking out for? I think I think Lee Gannon of, of Dublin, I think, is um, is one player I know that a lot of people have been excited for for the past couple of years, like, especially obviously coming through uh, under 20 level. Like, he's, um, I remember in the, in the Galway game when they, when they got beat by Galway, I think in the 20, 2020 under 20 final, I remember he was very impressive. So, playing in that wing back position, like, it's obviously a, a position well known for the likes of your Jack McCaffrey's and your own merchants and obviously a couple of players stepping away the last couple of years, injuries, whatnot. So, you know, maybe he could be a player to, to hold down his fort. I don't know if he's know too much about him, but that, hopefully that, hopefully after this weekend anyway. Is that because he's from Wade Hill Column Kills? Is that uh, any reason why we have to look out for him? Maybe. It could be. You know, <laughs> I've definitely seen him at club level anyway. He's definitely a, a talented footballer, no doubt about it. But um but yeah, no, he he definitely be the the one to to watch out for, in my opinion. I suppose before we wrap up the Saffron Voice podcast, where can uh, people find yourselves anyway if they're looking for you? Well, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, Apple Work with the Zinger. Um, so, and then if you want to follow our socials, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. So, yeah, just the Saffron Voice, just the Saffron Voice, yeah. So perfect lads well look listen I'll, I'll link it down below anyways and um yeah cheers very much for coming on appreciate it thank, thank you, you very much sir thank you it's been a privilege